0: to the City
1: podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Another edition of Keys to the City. I'm your host, Trevor Keys, alongside the big brother, Ted Keys, and the Joseph Aguirre. We are on social media, on all social media platforms. Check us out, as well as Clovercrestmedia.com, at Keys to the City. Guys, last night, I don't know if you know, but the boys of four have returned, and the Hall of Fame game... Is in And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, from now until February, we have some football. For a long time, the happy days are back for us football fans. And yes, I'm very excited. And we're going to talk about, in a little while, so ESPN came out and talked about the greatest players at their respective positions in the history of the NFL. Well, we're going to give you our three top offense and defense players that we've seen And our top three offensive defensive players of all time. Is Lt and Jerry Rice number one? Gotta find out for that later on. But last night there was a team that played that we're gonna be talking about the divisions and the AFC West. If we have if anything that we've seen with the wildest offseason in recent memory, we just talked about the trade deadline, probably the craziest trade deadline in the history of the MLB. Well, the set the same could be said about the AFC West. Now, this offseason with the contracts, with the movement, the player movement. I'm not talking about just any players. We're talking quarterbacks. We're talking receivers. It seemed like most of the big moves that occurred this offseason, with the exception of maybe Tyreek Hill, well, I guess you could say that had an impact on this division, has been the AFC West guys. And right now, you think about this division, and the Las Vegas Raiders started off last night. They won 27-11 over the Jacksonville Jaguars, but... Let's not take it seriously because none of the big-time players for either team played. Never do. Never do. No. And it's, it's smart. Let them embrace the moment. Let them see what it's all about because some of those guys that played on that field, well, will eventually be in the Hall of Fame, maybe at Devontae Adams. We'll see. Well, according to him, also maybe a Derek Carr. But let's talk about this AFC, the wild, wild AFC West that it's going to be. You look at all four of these teams, guys. All four of these teams, legitimate cases to make the playoffs – and go even as far as a Super Bowl title. So the betting odds currently right now, Chiefs at a plus 175, Chargers at a plus 220, then followed by the Broncos at plus 275, and then the poor Las Vegas Raiders. Joe, I know me and you have been on this Raiders team, and I think this team is going to surprise some people. They're at a plus 600. So let me ask you guys this question. I'll start with you, Joe. Which AFC West team? Faces the most pressure. We're not going to talk about quarterbacks, but coming into the season, this is the division that everybody has been talking about and just can't wait to see how this all unfolds. And it starts in week one, just like it started or it finished the regular season last year between those Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. But Joe, take it away. Who do you think?
0: It's got to be the Raiders. The Raiders went out, they, they they got Devontae Adams, they went out, and they they got Chandler Jones to pair off with Max Crosby. They gave Max Crosby a ton of money. They gave Hunter Renfro a ton of money. This is an all-in team. They got super close last year. You had the Gruden thing, the Rugs thing, and now that's all done. Now you brought in some more talent. Let's be honest, the the Chiefs are not the Chiefs from two or three years ago. Still a great team, don't get me wrong, and still probably the favorite in this division, but if the Raiders and Derek Carr are ever going to make their move, and Trey, we've been saying this for like two years, this has got to be it. Yep. Um, there's some people that that wish they'd moved on from Derek Carr. Uh, I, for one, think cool. Derek Carr's the right guy. I think Devontae Adams is going to make him look like a the superstar that he is. But they, they've got to get over that hump this year, especially when they're facing the Chiefs. Because to, to me, this is it. This is this is their big moment. Uh, it's all on Derek Carr and company to dethrone the Chiefs.
1: And, Ted, I'm, uh, Joe, glad you brought that up. Because every team in this has some sort of argument for pressure. The Chiefs. How is this team going to look with a new revamped offense without Tyreek Hill? Plus, they've kind of taken a step back. We all thought a couple of years ago, Patrick Mahomes, MVP, rookie season. I know it wasn't technically his rookie season, but it was his rookie season. Then he wins the MVP, goes to the AFC title game, loses to Brady. Then the following year, wins a Super Bowl. And the next year, they go to another Super Bowl, but they get defeated. Then last year, they lose the AFC championship. I know everybody's like, well, they've gone to the highest of highs. But we were all talking about a couple of years ago that this Chiefs team, oh, they're going to run they're going to run the NFC, or they're going to run the NFL, just like the, the Seattle Seahawks were going to. Just like all these teams over years that we've said, they're going to run these this conference, and they're going to run the league. Well, we're still waiting to see if those Chiefs can continue. And then you look at the Chargers. They went out and made a lot of big moves, Ted. This is a team that everybody's their darling right now because Justin Herbert, well, to some, looks like he could be the favorite coming in to win an MVP. The Denver Broncos will get into, they go out and get their quarterback they've been missing, and then the Raiders. Ted, who do you think? Joe just said it's the Raiders. Who would you choose out of these four?
2: I'm surprised Joe won with the Raiders. I really I'm am. Actually, I'm actually you know what? Surprised you know what I'm going to Joe. so I'm I'm use Joe's old argument against him. It's the Chargers. It's, it's always been the Chargers. Always They're, been the Chargers? They, and the reason why it's the Chargers is because for the last 20 seasons we've been hearing the same story. They're the most talented team, similar to the Dallas Cowboys. They just can't win a Super Bowl. They can't get over the hump. Phil Rivers or Damian Tomlinson. You know, God bless his soul. Um, oh, my God. Vincent Jackson, you know, Antonio Gates. They had players galore. Well, to mean, be fair,
1: Ted, on, everybody had to play against the Patriots. To
2: be okay. fair. Listen, and guess what? <laughs> Eli Manning and his team, who was probably I get, I get maybe it. less talented, beat the it. Patriots not once but twice. Exactly. All right? That being said, it, it's easy. It's Los Angeles Chargers, bro. The Raiders made the playoffs last year. Okay? That was they made the playoffs. The Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl two years. I could use this argument to Denver. What, what a first-year head coach, new quarterback. They just lost Tim Patrick as one of the receivers. I still think they're listen. They could win this whole division and win the Super Bowl. They are talented enough. But this Charger team, I think talent-wise, is the most talented team in this division. They have the best number one receiver. They have the best number two receiver, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. All right.
1: Whoa, whoa that's number one and two? Are you saying they're better than the I don't know oh, about sorry. that, bro. The Ra- not- don't, don't,
2: don't dis- uh, uh, disrespect uh, the I, Raiders I, I, again. Uh, disrespecting the Raiders. Okay. You know, I I, I caught myself. You are correct on him. Of course, so, so. I always got to correct you. So here's my thing. Something that me and Joe have argued since the day he came in the league was about Herbert, right? And I was like, Joe, I'm telling you this guy is phenomenal. You're like, but Ted, he's got to win games. I don't care if he throws for 10,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. If he loses 100 to 99, he loses a game and falls on the quarterback. No. He's, his last year's season was stellar. We know that. He was third in the league in touchdown passes, only behind Stafford and Tom Brady. He was third in the league in QBR. He had 38 touchdowns. He was phenomenal. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year. They didn't make the playoffs. If it wasn't for the damn coach. Here's the other reason. They got J.C. Jackson, the best cornerback in the offseason. They brought him in, all right? They have Khalil Mack, back. who I think will be revamped like a Von Miller, similar to what happened with the Rams. He will be ramped. It'll also be nice to be having, oh, Joey Bose on the other side. They also have maybe one of the best safeties in the game. Now, I know these are hold in because he is there, but he's holding out. He's not practicing, but he's there. Mm-hmm. Derwin James. He's one of the best safeties when he's healthy. Their offensive line, they have fixed those issues. Yep. They have the best running back in the division, Austin Eckler. You can at least make that argument. He's the most versatile, yeah, right? I, I wouldn't they, disagree. They they have all the pieces to be great, right? Mm-hmm. There is no more excuses. They it's not even about them making the playoffs, bro. They have to make a, a run because, like Joe said, the Chiefs have taken a step down this year. All right, Denver's new new quarterback, new new head coach, new offense. Let's see how those first year things. Staley's in his second year. He's supposed to be the guy. You know what I mean? He goes for it in fourth downs. The defense. There is no more excuse for the Chargers. I think for this team, there's pressure, and and you can make the argument for all four teams. All four teams, right? There's pressure on Mahomes, right? You lose Tyree Kill, you, you lose Tyron Matthew. You know, Mahomes. Are you really that great, or was it was it the piece around you? I still think the Chiefs have all the capability of winning the division. Yeah. Absolutely, I think all four teams have. Jay, Trev, you and me have argued on the outside. Not on this show, I man, we have a little bit, but you said the Raiders probably, you know, from quarterback to running backs, the receivers, the tight ends, they might have the most talent other than maybe the Cincinnati Bengals in the entire football league, in the National Football League. You can yeah. maybe make that argument with slot receivers, outside receivers, so and maybe head coach with Josh McDaniels. But for me personally, it's Justin Herbert I've loved this guy since, since he's come in the league. I other than maybe Josh Allen and Mahomes, he's probably my quarterback I take for the next 15 years. Just everything that he produces, My argument. Chargers, for me, they have to win. They have to get to the playoffs, and they have to make a significant impact. And and it's, and it's you know what? We talked about it in the offseason. This AFC in general stack, you can come up with 10 teams that are possible to, to get to the playoffs and even win a Super Bowl. My argument
1: for the Chargers is I'm going to relate this to what we just talked about. I think it was either last week or this past week. I'm going to relate it to the New York Yankees. This Chargers team has all the talent in the world. I am not saying that. They got the quarterback. They have the offensive line. It's it's, it's not decimated anymore. They've taken care of it. They have went out and took care of their quarterback. They got Austin Echo. They got a pluck their own weapons. They have a defense now, interior defensive line as well, that their biggest issue was. Their rush defense was one of the worst in the game last year. Well, they went to go add some nice pieces to that. My biggest thing, guys, it's kind of like the Yankees, and it's because of that last game. Brandon Staley isn't the coach that's going to screw up this team, just like it Aaron Boone that's going to screw up the New York Yankees because these teams are both so talented, but it ultimately, if it's a team, it's everything. It's from top to bottom. Players got to play, and these guys are talented enough, and they're going to go out and play, but the head coach also has to do his job, and I get the aggressiveness like he has in the past last year, but also the decision-making that still can't get out of Chargers fans and to some football fans' minds in that last game. Literally, they were there in the playoffs. They were going. We'll be the the team to finish in first place if not the coach. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the coach has to have some sort of pressure coming into this year. Andy Reid, he's already a Hall of Famer. He's one of the great coaches of all time. Daniel Hackett, first-time head coach of the Denver Broncos. We're going to see how that all pans out with him and Russell Wilson. And then Derek Carr. With Josh McDaniels, he gets a second chance with Josh McDaniels or Josh McDaniels gets his second chance. Maybe he has a whole brand new look on this whole coaching experience because when he went with Denver, it was a failed experiment. It didn't work. That's why I say to me, the Chargers, I'm not going to say they're the team that faces the most pressure because I think they're going to do their job. It's more the their coach. Deliver for them because you got the pieces to win a damn Super Bowl. To me, guys, I'm going with the Denver Broncos because all we've been hearing for this team for the past... I don't know, six, five, six years. Oh, well, they don't have a quarterback. Well, they haven't had a quarterback, and I know since Peyton and Elway. Well, guess what? What's the excuse now? You have Russell Wilson. All we've been hearing about Russell Wilson, he's a top-ten quarterback. I don't have no disagreement with that. I know they lose Tim Patrick, a huge hit to that offense. I know they don't have Noah Fant because of that deal. But this team went all in. You got your quarterback now. And I know that you have to play in the toughest division in all football. But you got your quarterback now. That was the missing ingredient, the missing piece, because you have a stout defense. You have players on this offense, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. You got Jared Judy. You still got Cortland Sutton. You still have pieces. KJ Lee Hamler have all pieces still on this team. Okay, well, guess what? Now you got to put all those pieces together. And Nathaniel Hackett, I know he's a first-time head coach, but plus, he also he's going from Aaron Rodgers to Russell Wilson. It's not that big of a drop-off. Aaron Rodgers is one of the top three quarterbacks in the league right now. Russell Wilson is what? six, to seven, six 6 to 10 range he's right there so for anybody that wants to say well Denver doesn't have a quarterback well now they have it so they can't miss none of these teams you look at all these off seasons if i mean it sucks because one of one of these teams is going to miss the playoffs that's the thing and well, all and these teams could be too. And, and that's what i'm saying all these teams because you got to take in consideration the the AFC East still we don't know how Miami's going to be the AFC North with Baltimore and this whole Cleveland thing, we'll see what happens. But Pittsburgh, I know people are knocking Pittsburgh. Then you get the AFC South, maybe Tennessee. They've been in the playoffs, the Colts. I'm just saying, now one of these teams are going to miss the playoffs, if not two, like just t- what Ted just said. Because, Jevin, I'm there's, saying no,
2: that because there's no because more excuses. For team each other on, there's no more excuses. Beat like up on each other.
1: Yes, they're going to beat up on each other. And there's no excuses for the Denver Broncos now. You have your quarterback. You have your guy for a long time. He's going to sign an extension. They're going to pay him. It doesn't. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. So guess what? Denver, Chargers, and the Raiders, and I, I'm not going to put the the Chiefs because the Chiefs have been well. They're going on. They're trying to go for their seventh straight division title. they they've won the division six straight, so they've been dominating this this division. There's no reason to even put the the Chiefs in this conversation. The Only thing can you, is, can I ask you a question? To me, hold on. No, to me, you let me let me answer this question quick. To me, it'd be more from the standpoint of the Chiefs would be. Patrick Mahomes, how much pressure is he going to face because now you don't have Tyreek Hill. You have a guy, you don't have that speed. You don't have that insurance policy where you could just be like, "Hell, where's Tyreek? Let me just throw it up and he's just going to come out of hit nowhere with his cheetah speed." Everybody else, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Broncos, the reason why your three teams made the moves that you did this offseason is because you're trying to chase the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I would say about those three teams. And I'm glad we all talked. We all talked differently. We didn't all have the same team. Ted picked the Chargers. Joe had the Raiders. And this wasn't planned. (laughs) No, it wasn't planned. That's the thing. This was not
2: planned. But that's the
1: thing. All four of these teams have the capability of winning a Super Bowl, guys.
2: Here's my thing. I still think the Chiefs are making the playoffs. That's the reason why I didn't choose them. So I have the Chiefs in the playoffs. The question will be who is two and three? Let me ask you this question.
1: I'm going to ask you both this quick thing. How many teams make the playoffs of this? We're not going to say whom. how many teams? Because we'll oh, give we, our, we'll give our preview we, later. I would say,
2: two. I would say um, two, but here's here's my thing. So th- and I'll just give you a quick synopsis of what my thinking is. Bills get the number one seed because they have the easiest division, all right? And they're maybe the best team in the whole AFC. So they get the one, all right? You're thinking – I'm thinking one out of the south, so that's two. Probably maybe two out of the north with Cincy and Baltimore. Then you only get two out of the AFC West. Unless you can get that third, the only thing, the reason why you wouldn't get the third, my thought process would be they beat up on each other. Because there, there is no easy wins. Like, I'm going to assume the Bills take care of uh, the Miami Dolphins, the Patriots, and because the Bills haven't punted in 20 straight possessions against the Patriots. I, as good as I think the Jets will be this season better, I don't think they're going to beat the Bills. So I'm saying at least two, definitely two. More likely than three, but I don't how many, know how you Joe. What do you think?
1: It. What do you think, Joe? How many? Don't like I said. Don't put the teams? We don't know. We're gonna make that prediction when we have our preview show. It's more I, just listen. How many you think. I'm
0: I'm I'm prone to say two because is gonna be tough. I do think they're gonna beat each other up, and I'll say this: I think you look around the AFC. I think you look at secondary teams and divisions like the Colts. You look at the Patriots. You know, maybe even a team like the Dolphins. You're talking about teams that might win ten games. And if a team like that wins 10 or 11 games, it's going to be awfully hard to get three AFC
1: West teams in there. Guys, I don't know if I see any of these teams winning more than 11 games. I mean, the Chiefs schedule, I was just looking. The Chiefs schedule this year, the teams tough, that they got to play, tough, they got really to the Ra- play the Rams, they got to play the Bucks. they got to the play the Bills, the Niners, Titans, Bengals, Cardinals, Indianapolis Colts. Those, are all, Pal- those are all playoffs slash Super Bowl contenders. So the Chiefs ain't going to have no – and they got their divisions. That's like that's the thing. I, I can't see a team in this division winning more than 11 games. I feel like this is a 9 or 10. You,
2: here, here, this Jeff, is where the divisions remember, won. Do you remember – what was it? The AFC North like two, three years ago where like three teams finished like 10 and 6? Yeah, when that's they had how the I expected not Wasn't it like that one team that was like 11 and 5 and two teams finished 10 and 6?
1: Yeah.
2: Something, Something like I'm that. Ex- that's see, how I expected it to be. And, and I could see the other team being 9 and 8. Yep. The fourth team being 9 and 8 because here's the thing – these teams are no slouches. They're going to beat up on the other teams too, yep. and I could—I don't see anyone. I see this whole division being a split. You know, Baltimore, Denver. You know, three and three, three and three. You know, I mean, because the way I look at it is is that—and it's a, probably a disadvantage being in such a. Of course it is, because the Patriots proved that for almost twenty seasons. Being an awful division, take advantage, beat up on the weak, get the number one seed, and 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 make it easy for yourself. You know, because. You know, that's like the South. You know, Tennessee and the Colts, I think one or two teams. I mean, either way, I think the whole conference, I think the football season is going to be great. The AFC is going to be such a crazy division every week that I think every game in the AFC you're going to watch, more likely not, is going to be a playoff-type game. You know what I mean? Because you can make an argument for the Steelers. You make, depending on what happens with the Browns, I think if, if Watson's out for the season, I think they're going to get Jimmy G. And listen, that team is a playoff team. The Browns is a playoff team. I'll we'll talk Jimmy, we'll it was, talk about I know, event. but I'm wait, just saying, wait, you put Jimmy G on that team. He's been to an a- NFC championship, been to the Super Bowl. He can ride that team. He's got two great running backs and offensive line, receivers, weapons, defense. That team could be make a lot of noise. All right. So and well, we know what the bangers what are all about. We're going
1: to see what happens. We'll talk more about the divisions as the season gets closer. Next week, we'll start talking about the NFC West. We'll be talking about the AFC East and the NFC. East. We're getting into football. Football has officially started after no last night, Patriots. after the hall, after the Hall of Fame game, and we will see what happens. Bills, Patriots, Steelers. Okay, that's fine. Hey, everybody's got a prediction. I have no issue with it. That's Patriots 45. are definitely
2: not making the playoffs. There's well, my prediction right now. We'll see what we'll see
1: what happens. But we're just talking about greatest players of all time, and and if and. ESPN came out with their list for specific positions. Each position, they ha- they ranked their greatest players. We're not going to do that. We're going to give you our top three players, offensive and defensive players, not quarterbacks for all the quarterback lovers out there. This is not going to be a quarterback list. We are going to give you our top three players that we've seen of all time and players to us of all time, offensive players and defensive players. So, Ted, I'm going to start with you of your all-time players that you have seen offensively and then we will get into defensively in a bit
2: see this is what's tough because i've seen jerry rice play so i saw jerry rice i feel like jerry rice has to be in this conversation because i was alive enough to see jerry rice play but if i was like if i was doing like post 1998 right From like 98 to like now and i and i cut your if i cut jerry rice out and I can kind of cut Barry out because Jerry Rice and Barry Sanders, I saw them both play, so that was automatically in. But if I can cut those two out, just put those on exempt right now. It yeah. would be with Danny and Tomlinson, it would be Randy Moss, and it would be Adrian Peterson.
1: So those are the three that you that you would say LT was your number one. So LT's the greatest. Oh, so it's not I sp- have
2: no rankings. I have okay. no, I have no. Pr- uh, prep okay, that's ranked. all right.
1: All right, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, and Joe, how about you? That people now remember Joe. I hate to do this to you, but you are a little older than us. So you might be seeing some players that we didn't get to see, <laughs> especially me, you know, old
0: so night train just, lane. Yeah. Uh, relax.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> You'll know everybody. on my I, I to me, Barry Sanders, uh, uh two time offensive player of the year, a 2000 yard guy, a rookie of the year, an MVP, just one of the greats of all time. And, you know, Teddy, I know you, you watched this guy play when you were, when you were a tight. Yeah.
2: Oh, I remember no. that. Listen, I have the Barry Sanders jersey. He was my favorite running back, Joey, growing up, and and the reason why I loved him, and and I was a Giant fan. Well, first of all, the Giants didn't really—I mean, Ronnie Hampton—but the Giants were bad when I was growing up. It was just Barry Sanders. It was his, and the way I was raised was his etiquette because I actually did like Emmett Smith, and then the helmet thing. When he took the helmet off at Giant Stadium, I think it was like Monday Night Football, and that became the Emmett Smith rule: where you're not supposed to take your helmet off in the end zone. Just rub me the wrong way, and that's the reason why. Another reason why I can't stand Dallas because just the Movado and that BS crap of him. But Joe,
1: who who else would be your top three? Who else? would Number two on like?
0: my list happens to be the man who caused the Emmett Smith rule. Emmett Smith, the all-time leading rusher, uh, oh. also leads the league in touchdowns. He's the only running back ever to win a Super Bowl championship MVP, the Russian crowd in the Super Bowl MVP. Uh yeah, Super Bowl MVP in the same year. Um, you could also say this guy was the product of longevity, but anytime Emmett Smith was on the field, who, whatever side he was on, that was a better team. And the guy always seemed to come up big in big games, and that's a perfect example. And the third guy somebody who I got to watch when I was younger, um, and I watched him in a Super Bowl, and to this day, it pisses me off that William the Refrigerator Perry scored a touchdown in Super Bowl. I mean, unbelievable. Walter Payton, uh, one of the greats of all time, 1977 MVP twice. He was the offensive player of the year, 77 and in 85. He was a beast. I didn't get to – I'm not old enough to know Jim Brown, I imagine Jim Brown was a lot like Walter Payton, where you had amazing finesse and speed, or he could just lower his shoulder and barrel you over and then do a spin move and then break it off and outrun you down the sideline. Kind of like Adrian Peterson. was
1: phenomenal. Yeah. For me personally, because I'm younger than you guys, I'm going to go with – Ted, I would agree with you. I think LT has got to be right there. I'm surprised, Joe. You didn't have no receivers either because you're a little I, well,
0: I thought about it. Jerry Rice would be on my list. And and I'll be honest, if I were to have picked anybody from the last 20 years, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, uh, he's probably my number four guy if I was to really stretch this list out. I thought he was spectacular. And I like Donovan, too. He brought really that the, the pass-catching element you hadn't seen outside of Roger Craig and Ricky Waters in San Francisco. Yeah. Otherwise, nobody ever threw the running backs in. Yeah, so yeah. I, I I like he kind of yeah. revolutionized the changeover to a passing league and a and a and a running
1: back that could yeah, catch.
2: Just, oh, actually, you know what? Right before him, you, and you know it's funny we don't say Marshall flock, bro.
1: Oh, Marshall, Marshall, Marshall!
0: You Marshall, forget because I mean, of the
2: whole show, the whole yeah, rating Forget on about Thursday. that, but he was your best player on that team because he's yeah. he was the, one of the first. I think other than Roger Craig, he was his next running back ever to have a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving that 2000 yard. He I mean he was phenomenal but you know
1: and I was so for me personally and then we'll get into the top two us three offensive players of all time in the history of the game of football. So for people that are watching, I don't want people to get confused. Me personally would be LT. I got to go with Calvin Johnson. I think Calvin Johnson was magnificent, getting double teamed, having a corner, having the in-the-box safety, double teaming him at the goal line. Also just th- jumping over three defenders, Matthew Stafford, literally the de- definition of screw it, Calvin's there. I'll just throw it up. He'll catch it. And he was just so good, just like Barry, on just an awful, awful franchise and, and still a terrible franchise in the Detroit Lions. I'm sorry, Lions fans. But Calvin Johnson, my God, you three all-time greats pretty much wasted. Their careers being drafted by the Detroit Lions, and for me, my third one would probably have to be Randy Moss. I mean, Randy Moss. Even though Randy Moss was not my ideal type of receiver, I mean, the man was incredible. I mean, he just had lightning speed. It was, Dude, the game I I can't, against I, Dallas. How 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 catches
2: for reason, 160 yards and three
1: to see, touchdowns? To see, oh yeah, the famous Dallas game. Three catches, 163 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he had lightning speed. His his he still has the day of the greatest receiving season statistically wise, Statistical wise with that new England Patriot team. And then just seeing him do what he did in college as well and how he fall, he fell that far because of a little, because of some situations. I mean, teams are scratching their head and biting their fist that they're like, why, why did we pass up on a talent like him? Those would be my three talents. I know I had two receivers over running backs, but to me, Adrian Peterson, Joe, you said it. Adrian Peterson would be like right on the brink for me. Now let's get into the all time players. Ted, who would be your three offensive players of all time? We, had quarterbacks. we had not quarterbacks. No quarterbacks. Cuz well, quarterbacks I told
2: you. Again. Well, I, told you. I I told you. My number one receiver of all time is Jerry Rice. I agreed with the ESPN thing, all right? For me personally, they had Jim Brown in number one. My number one running back would be Barry Sanders. I there was no one better than him. He was the only guy that could go back 5 yards and get 15. All right, he made the playoffs one time. It was against Dallas, and Dallas was loaded, and he still yeah. had a good game. He had no team around him. I mean, it took a couple of years. He got Herman Moore, got Justin Morin, he got Scott Mitchell, but they were garbage. I mean, the Lions have been garbage forever. I can't yeah. remember ever when the Lions in my 35 years of history that I always said. And you know, people make the joke, and you can't play the what if, like, hey, if Derek Jeter played on the Royals, would we know who Derek Jeter is? If Barry played on Dallas and you switched Emmett Smith, would Emmett Smith even have 10,000 yards? Barry Sanders would probably have 25,000 yards. He'd have like five 2,000-yard seasons. You know, and Barry kind of quit early too. So who even knows what Barry's numbers would have been if he played two, three years longer, you know what I mean? And that was a shock then. Now it's common knowledge that guys, yeah, they hit 30, 31. They're like, I'm, I'm out the door. I'm good. But Barry Sanders, Jerry Rice, and then now, now you're just – now you're talking a flip of a coin. I mean, I, I'll go – I don't even know. I got like 20
1: names running through my head right well, now. You can pick one right off the bat, just bam. What would you say?
2: Well, if I had to do a team, I'd go Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, and i put Barry Sanders in the back. I just game. need one person. I just said one it. One. I don't need a dick. Who was it? Three. I said, there's my three starting. There's Jerry Rice on the left wing, Randy Moss on the right wing, Barry Sanders is my running back. There you go. There's my three. So there's
1: your three greatest offensive players of all time. Okay, Joe, how about you, buddy? I'd have Barry standing behind
0: me, and I would be flanked by Jerry Rice and Calvin Johnson. That's my three. That's the that's if I'm the quarterback. That's who I want to be getting the ball to. Wow,
1: interesting. If I, I mean me personally, I gotta go. I mean Jerry Rice has to be the greatest offensive player of all time. Any, I mean his stats are just ridiculous. Leads in well, he reception. He, yeah, who cares? Whatever. That's longevity. Good for him. Even better. That's another strength that he can use to his advantage. Well, you know, he's there's the longevity where
0: there's longevity where you're making thirty catches and three hundred and eighty yards for like your last four or five seasons. And then there's see, the guy a guy
1: who's he didn't even need to have that stuff because he's already I mean he's already the all-time yeah. leader in receptions, yards, touchdowns, yards from scrimmage. I mean, every major category that you need as a receiver, Jerry Rice is at the top. Me, top three, and then Barry Sanders gotta be Barry Sanders. I'm playing on a bad team. I'm going with Jim Brown. I think Jim Brown, he retired at twenty nine. We all talk about Barry retiring early. Jim Brown retired at 29. All he did was just win three MVPs, went to the Pro Bowl every season, led the league in rushing eight of the nine seasons, and he had all-pro eight straight seasons. So anything that Jim Brown did was any play for the Cleveland Browns too. So, you know, you got to give a little Cleveland Browns
2: rant. were good back in the day, bro. Yeah. Well, you know, so
0: my other thought is too, I don't think anybody thought to put a, put a big, strong, fast – Best player on the field is that position until well, he was Brown built like a
2: linebacker. I mean, he, that's what he, he I'm was saying. Like, I... stronger and faster than everyone else, he was ahead of his time. I mean, the, there's a little cross rule with Jim Brown because you have to cradle the ball. Because what he used to do is take the, the stick with the ball and hold it against his chest and just run down the field, and no one could get it out. They changed that rule when he was at Syracuse. So, I mean, think about it he's like he was like 6'2, 220, 230 in what 1960? He was probably the size of some of the guards, bro. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, he was phenomenal, too. He was so, free, he was like he was so it's, dominant. it's
0: like, listen, it's like saying Wilt Chamberlain is the greatest basketball player of all time. Well, of course he was, because no one had ever seen it. Same with Babe Ruth. You had a guy who hit more home runs than all the other teams. And it's like, yeah, that guy's the best. Like, it's not, it's a no brainer, <laughs> but. But right as the rest of the sport catches up, everybody's Babe Ruth now. You have Jim Brown on,
1: you know, thirteen different teams at this point. I don't uh, know. Got, I don't got, know if you got a Jim Brown on third. Maybe Derrick Henry is the oh, the one exception, but other than that, it's what more I'm, like what I, you what said it, mean Joe. They're more like.
0: like but- but into the 70s, 80s, and 90s, yeah. that became the prototypical running back. You've got guys like Peyton. You've got guys like Adrian Peters. you got those big, bruising, now you really have... fast, really strong Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis would not have existed if the Cleveland Browns were like, hey, uh, give the ball to old Jim Brown here. And that's what happened.
1: Now you're Chances Now you're having – and like you said, they have more guys nowadays in the NFL that are like LT. And like you yeah. said, he kind of revolutionized the game because of the – the pass catching ability of running backs. Now they, their value as a pass catcher is more valuable than being just a basic running back.
0: It's amazing that when Roger Craig became a thousand yard receiver out of the backfield in San Francisco, that Teddy, it took a long time for other teams to be like, we should try that. Yeah. <laughs> so they got any running backs that could catch. Cause it's a good idea. Like do you nobody know who the th- did it do you know for who a long third time. guy is?
1: Do you know who the, who the other guy is? So Marshall Fox, the other one, do you know who the third guy is? Of all well, time, with a thousand yards, a thousand uh, receiving yards. Nope, it just happened. Christian, yeah, it did Christian Chris McCaffrey
2: a couple oh. years ago? Like it
1: wasn't ago, LT? It wasn't LT? Wasn't no? Even, he, like,
2: he never got a thousand yards. Was L- was uh, and I was thinking of some a couple other guys, but no, they never got to thousand yards for a running back is a lot of receiving, receiving yards. yards. That's Tiki, crazy. I mean, Tiki had, Tiki had some serious receiving yards but to have a
1: thousand as a as a running back that's a receiver Edrin that's James receiver had a bunch, driven
0: Edrin
2: James had a bunch of receiving yards your
0: offense has to either be extraordinarily great or it's lacking any other like
2: yeah
1: she's everything. everything for you. Yeah, exactly let's get yeah. on to the other side of the ball where well as we like to say it offense likes to bring out the highlights and the cash but defense. Ultimately, wins the championships. I know Ted might think differently on that, but let's get into this one. Top three players of all time that we've seen on the TV did live.
2: The, did we do the top three defensive players recently of our generation? No. We
1: didn't do that. We did no. the offense. You know, you. So were, what would like, be our? T- what well, would I be did. our? T- well tell you, we just did it two seconds ago. We're not that we're not we're not Ted's already losing his mind. He's got short term. I heard he's got short
2: term memory loss, I think. Yeah, well that's so. what happens at work. I just learned this in the thing that when you do a job where you continually put information in and process it quick and get on to the next thing, it affects your short term memory because you're so used to putting things in and going on to the next thing. Well it looks like you Dr. have a, looks like you have an example of short term memory loss then. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, Deion Sanders. Those you've seen all those guys. That's lucky. Of
1: That's lucky. You guys are lucky. You guys. Are those.
2: So is that. Oh, well, no, no. you said players of all time. You didn't say my I generation. I said that we've seen.
1: We've seen. Oh,
2: oh I thought we were going just like the effort,
1: just like the offense what we just what did. We'll say, get you
2: wrote on this thing. You wrote all time. You did not write during our. Yeah. Okay, did you also see this question too? That's what I did. Yeah, the Same but, thing, and we answered both. Okay. I th- well, the best defensive players I've seen is Aaron Donald, Ray Lewis, Troy Polamalu. With with an Ed Reed right there as like a three B. Wow, you, you
1: took Palomalo over Ed Reed. Surprised. surprised. Listen,
2: you're 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 flipping a coin, bro. Like Ed Reed is the best free safety, maybe of all time. Troy Palomalo, other than Ronnie Watt. I mean, the man was diving over at goal lines, grabbing quarterbacks, making plays with left hands, right hand. He was like a linebacker playing safety, playing corner. He was everything. The whole defense was him. I mean, and, and when I say that with respect, that's still his difference. But he, like, he didn't have a position, Troy Polamalu, He did what he wanted because he was that smart. He'd play inside, outside, he blitzed blitz, sack. I mean, he was phenomenal. Ray Lewis, best linebacker I've ever – I've seen in my my time. Best linebacker. Smart. I mean, you listen to Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Those guys spent hours just on Ray Lewis because he was the smartest guy on the field other than those two guys. And then, and then Aaron Donald, I mean, honestly – I mean, I mean, you can make JJ up, but Aaron Donald. I mean, honestly, he's just <laughs> just tearing people up left and right. He's like six one. He just yeah, get out of my way. Neck you over. Push this guy over. I mean, the the guy is literally a win Defensive Player every year, every year. I mean, he's phenomenal. I mean, literally, we yeah. saw it this year. He's there's no one like him, at least that I've seen. So those are my three. Ray Lewis, Aaron Donald. I mean, I saw Dion too. I but I, that's why I, I, I saw Dion in the last. Dion was phenomenal too. Jesus. Let's talk about that in a sec, Joe. How about you? You think oh,
0: they th- this list is was very easy for me I felt bad that I couldn't get Bruce Smith on it But I was able to wedge in Derek Thomas uh, Nine Pro Bowls, three All-Pro teams He was ninth all-time in sacks when he died He's now 17th on the list He's still the Chiefs all-time leader in sacks, safeties, forced fumble Fumble recoveries and defensive touchdowns all these years later Number two on my list, Reggie White, two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, 13-time Pro Bowler, 13 All-Pro Selection, second all-time on the NFL Sack List with 198 behind Bruce Smith. Um, Guy was just, uh, uh, and again, being a Giants fan, you you saw a lot of that guy and you hated his guts. And easily at the top of the list, um, Lawrence Taylor.
1: I'm about to we say, yo, you don't fans. have uh, you, 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 I was, was messing with y'all. You
0: yeah. Come on. Three time defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, 10 time all pro, uh, 10 time pro bowler, two time Super Bowl champion, uh, and one of the greatest of all time. Again, these were three.
1: Oh, no, we lost them. He
0: froze. Oh, he froze. Like, you know, and whatever game they were in, he the best player on the field, and it wasn't
2: even Listen, close. He redefined the defensive pass rushing uh, position. He redefined what offenses need to do because the left tackle then became one of the most significant spots other than the quarterback in the game of football. His 9.5 sacks his rookie season do not count toward his 132 and a half, which should count, but they should go back and, like, okay, those count like we were idiots that we didn't count like home runs before, like, or, like, we didn't count threes. Well, there was no three-point line. But did you see – Joe, I was looking at it. Did you see his rookie season? 1898, 1981, 133 tackles, 9.5 sacks, 8 knockdowns, 2 fumbles, interception, won the league's Defensive Player of the Year as a rookie. Are go you kidding at, me? That, go look at his MVP season. They also won Oh, the no, 86 is phenomenal. He had 75 sacks in five years during 86 to 89. At 20 yeah, and a half phenomenal. Just a – Uh, Just a guy who, who again, all three of
0: these guys. I mean, all the attention every time the other team snapped the ball. Like, the the camera was really looking for these guys. And you would see these guys doing something inside, outside, coming around the edge. And and it was, they disrupted every single play when they were on the field. Something phenomenal. And there's some great guys now, but... Again, I see some of these great players now, and and you know I see Aaron Donald, and I think he reminds me a little bit of Reggie White.
1: A little bit. He's fat. He, Aaron Donald is freaking fascinating. I mean, Joe, he's amazing. amazing. Yeah, he really where, is.
2: Joe, where would you, if you were doing five, where would Dion and Ronnie Watt be? Would those be in your top five? Those Dion guys, would no? be.
0: Dion would be my number four guy. And um,
2: do you have Ronnie Watt as your best safety? Uh
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, although you've made some, you've made a compelling argument today for Troy Palomalu. I, I, I have to think on him a little bit. Um, Cause it, for me, it's always like a no brainer Ronnie Lott but the more I think about Palomalu, the more I'm like, he could have slid in there, but definitely Dion, uh, as far as my secondary, that's exactly where I would start.
2: I mean, that would be my number one cornerback. I mean, I mean, if I was starting deep safety, I mean, it'd be Ed Reed. Dion, my pass rusher would be Lawrence Taylor. My D tackle would be Aaron Donald.
1: So for me personally, my three best players that I've ever seen would be Aaron Donald's got to be up there. I mean, Aaron Donald's his, I mean, he's going to retire now and he'd be a first ballot hall of famer. I mean, he's, he's every year. He's getting double triple teamed by offense alignment, offensive game plans. Whoever 99 is, unless you're Urban Meyer, who didn't know who 99 was last year. I don't know if you guys remember that, but Urban Meyer said, who's this 99 guy for the Rams? That's a a joke. No. no. If
2: he was that obnoxious and that stupid, then there's – Ted, I would believe it because this is the same guy –
1: Ted, this is the same coach that didn't take the the flight home after the game in Cincinnati. He had to take a pit stop, bro. Yeah, pit stop, more like a oh, never mind. We ain't getting into that, but that's just that. He's he getting into some it's type really but he didn't. Either. Unless you're Urban Meyer, your defense, your offensive game plans revolve around where the hell is 99. Let's stay away from him. I mean, he dictated the last drive of the NFC championship game and the Super Bowl, why they eventually won both of those games. He disrupted it all. I would say JJ Watt, too. I mean, JJ Watt's got to be in for me. He's, and I'm a defensive end, so I love the edge rushers. J.J. Watt was just so dumb. I know he had the injuries, and I get that, but he was a three-time Defensive Player of the Year, and he was playing offense. He did everything for that Texans franchise. When you think of the Houston Texans, the first name that comes to mind for me will always be J.J. Watt, and he's just a great human being Who as well. Your I second know-
2: guy from the Texans,
0: it's going to be Deshaun Watson for me. For no, I would say Roll, no. I would, reasons. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. For me, I, I would still, I would still say probably. I would, I would say DeAndre Hopkins when I think of the Houston Texans. I would
2: say Andre Johnson.
1: Oh, Andre Johnson, too. Yes, I forgot. Yeah, Andre Johnson, too. Andre Johnson, great call. And then my Arian, last one.
2: Then Arian Foster. Yeah,
1: Arian Foster. My last was probably in between the um, – it was a combination of three guys, either Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu, or Ray Lewis. But I'm going to go with Ray Lewis just because I'm a huge Ray Lewis fan. I love, I love his enthusiasm. To him, to see him, other than beating the New York Giants in Super Bowl 34, I mean, that guy just dominated. I mean, it literally scared – the bejesus out of Kerry Collins and the New York Giants team that Super Bowl. I mean, he did everything for that Baltimore Ravens franchise. Him and Ed Reed, Troy Palomalo, fascinating players. My three players of all time, though, I mean, LT to me, I don't care if it's biased. I don't really care. He's the greatest football player to me in the history of the game. I'll take him over anybody, even over the great Tom Brady. I'm taking Lawrence Dale to me, the greatest football player of all time. Reggie White, I mean, he was an unstoppable force. He just—he was an unstoppable force. You could not do anything about it about him, whether it was on the Philadelphia Eagles or the Green Bay Packers, wherever ninety-eight was, you had to you had to figure it out. Speaking of that, I'm gonna go with Aaron Donald. I think if Aaron Donald has another dominant year, I think I would take him over Dion. I would take him over Ronnie Lott, Ray Lewis. I mean, the man has ever since he's come into the league. All we talking about is Aaron Donald. In the past four or five years, we've been saying. Well, who's the best player in football? Aaron Donald. He's been dominating. And in a quarterbacks driven league, we always say that 99 is still the best player in football. You know how you
2: know he's the best football player? Go look at the Madden ratings. He's been 99 for the last. And he's usually in the
1: top two or three for NFL top 100 in the past couple years. I mean, he's. And that's voted on by his colleagues. He's just that damn good. Top three players of all time, Ted. Defense. Um, Trev's one, Trev's
2: two, Trev's three. You picked Aaron Donald, too? I thought you said Deion. Yeah, I was going to go with the three. I did go with the three because of their impact. Listen, I mean, this is – I think Aaron Donald's domination. And I want to see where – I know it's hard to put a guy in the all-time greatest when his career is not even finished yet. Hey, but we I do, it for, look, we I do it for quarterbacks. I look, at, I look at the way the game is played now, right? And I where it's it's spread offense, it's it's quickness. It's, he dominate, here's the thing. I always say greatness. When you rank players for positions, here's the best. Here's the best third baseman. Here's the second best third baseman. Right. So when you talk pass rushers, you're like, ah, TJ Watt and, and, and Miles Garrett. They're like right there. They're close by. There's Aaron Donald, and then the separation between him and the next best D tackle in the league is like down the street, through the river, and through the woods, and over my Grandma's I'm, I'm, house. There's there's not even a close number. Cameron two.
1: Hayward, Fletcher. Those guys. Come not Cameron, even Hayward.
2: Cameron Stone's Hayward. A, Damn. Not even in the same boat, kid. You're not. He's you're yeah, okay. you Cameron
1: Hayward. You're disrespecting Cameron Hayward. Dude, he's
2: not in the same story okay. as Aaron at, Donald. Well, look at As a st- D tackle? Yeah, go look at him. Yeah, okay. Stop. Stop. Okay. I don't want to. Aaron Donald's Reggie okay. White had double-digit sacks 13 of 15 years of his career. Was a phenomenal. That right-handed hook where you just take the guy. I mean, Go look at the highlight. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look at the highlight with Reggie White versus the best guard of all time, Larry Allen. And he takes Larry Allen and goes, whoop! And Larry Allen was the world, was the NFL's strongest player for like five years in a row when he put like 225 up for like 48 reps, and he was just like this. He took Larry Allen and threw him like, like, like Dad would throw me when I was five years old. Whoop! See you later. Out the door. Like, and then Lawrence Taylor. I mean, it's phenomenal. You can have the argument of Ray Lewis. Listen, I, if you wanted me to give you my five or thing, Deion Sanders is my best cornerback, right? My base safety. I didn't see Ronnie Watson. So who Joe, who, or who would you
1: say? Who would you say, Joe? Well, I,
0: I think you can't forget about Deacon Jones, who had 676 sacks when they weren't counting them. I'm kidding. It's yes, only I, like 173. But Joe, he's but got was, the record for most 15-sack seasons, He's got the record for most 20 sack seasons, if if those were all to have been counted. He led the league in 65, 67, 68, 69, and 71. He was as dominant, again, When you think about Jim Brown on the offensive side, what Deacon Jones was doing on the defensive side was was scary. He's
2: a mean mean
1: dude.
2: I'm glad you said mean because mean Joe Green, I mean, he was the defensive player of the year. He's got four Super Bowls. He was the catalyst for that Pittsburgh Steelers, four Super Bowls during the 70s. He, I mean, the man was in a a Coca-Cola commercial. Is that mean Joe Green? Yeah, I mean Mm – Listen, I mean, other than Terry Bradshaw, I feel like Mean Joe Green is like the most famous guy on that 70s team. I mean, yeah. you can say Stallworth and some of the other guys, but I feel like Mean Joe Green just stands out and sets the tone for the rest. of I mean, it's all arbitrary. We, can, we so, can argue for days. I saw Obie's, and I didn't put his up, but, I mean, he had Bruce Smith in there. Was he? he? I think he's the all-time leading sack leader. Yes, Phenomenal player. Yep. I mean, I remember him going against the Giants talking about – I mean, there's so many great players, and that's what makes this fun and these debates so interesting because it's all your perspective and how you see things, how you rank things. You know, me for me, I think impacting the game both on the run game and and, and rushing the passer has a bigger effect than just being Dion and shutting down a wide receiver when half the players are not always passing. And I, I think Dion would have more an impact now, where the game is so much more passing than it did when he was the '90s, where it was run, run, pass. You know, and 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 you could all. Here's the other thing: you also could be more physical then too. Where today's game, the rules and things. I think rules. guys,
1: yeah, guys like Dion would flourish more. Guys like LT or like, um, um, oh my god, De- Deacon Jones, just example of that. Reggie White, guys like that. I feel like they would be. They would be the ones that would get kind of on. Well, of, they would still dominate, well, just the, the way they would well, still dominate. But they'd be on the wrong side of it because of all the flags and how how you know how quarterback happy it's been helping out these quarterbacks not get hurt. With guys like that, it would help out a guy like like you just said to definitely Dion. And that's also I was just thinking about. That's why Jerry Rice maybe could be the greatest football player of all time because he dominated when it wasn't a a throwing lead. That's why Dan Marino Marino, – that's why also Dan Marino – I mean, Dan Marino gets almost as great credit as they all talk about Aaron Rodgers and stuff because he was dominating in an era. Hey, and
2: here's probably the biggest factor to your argument that you should make. Receivers didn't go across the middle. I mean, they did, but you usually didn't have your head on when you went across to the next hash mark. See, today – you can't hit a guy high. You can't hit him hard. You can't bump him. You, just like in basketball, there's different rules. Guys are not afraid to go across the middle. If you, across the middle if you went across the middle in the 80s, I mean, I think he about dead. that giant dead. That linebackers with Gary Reason and Carl Banks and, and uh, Pepper. I mean, I mean, and Ronnie, what? Are you kidding me? No. I mean, wipe your – don't worry. Amputate the finger. Let's go. Wipe your head off. Destroy the, you.
0: The, Kill you. I can't imagine – if Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White and Bruce Smith and D. Derek Jones, Thomas like had them. an opportunity to play in a league where you're throwing about 70% of the time. Don't forget, they played in leagues that were very run heavy. Like yeah, you yeah. said, run, run, pass. Imagine if if LT could just tee off three times in a row, knowing the
2: other team was throwing. Holy oh, yeah. smokes, and, would and, that and, have and, been Trav, something else? And here's the other thing. Now you get guys, and let's be honest, we love football now. Football is in, in general is a better game than it was before. Mm-hmm. But the lines, the skill of the linemen are not as good. And when I say that is these guys come in quick. Like Eric Flowers could be your left tackle. Like imagine Lawrence Taylor against Eric Flowers. You know what I mean? Like think about some of the tackles and in the, in the people that they go against now. They're not as redefined in their craft as some of the guys. Because those guys back in the day played four years of college. Guys are out two years. You know what I mean? The, we got to get guys in. We're getting younger talent. Back in the day, you are playing against guys that are veterans, Bruce Matthews, guys that had longevity, better skill. Maybe the guys are bigger and faster now, but their skill level is not as fine-tuned as it might have been back in the day. And I'm saying, you know, I think about some of the tackles now, right? We think about the Giants, right? Imagine if Lawrence Taylor playing against the Giants, against some of the – DeAndre Jones wouldn't make the first drive. He'd be sacked We play Lawrence Taylor would run right through some of those offensive linemen. You know what I mean? Think about the Bengals. I mean, you know, I mean, the whole line would have to shift to Lawrence Taylor. It would be shift left. I mean, it would be double tight end all all game long. So, you know, that's another which makes these guys so incredible at where they are at.
1: Well, what do you think to all of our followers? Who do you think is the greatest defensive player of all time? What about the offensive player of all time? Not quarterbacks. What do you guys think? Who's the greatest players you've ever seen? And what about the AFC West? Who do you think is the team? Maybe is it the Chiefs? Is it the possible Chiefs? I don't think it should be the Chiefs. But how about the Broncos, the Chargers, the Raiders? You can check us out at Keys of the City and on all social media platforms at Keys of the City as well as Clovercrest Media. I'm your host, Trevor Keys, alongside Ted Keys and Joseph Aguayo. We'll see you next episode. We're out.
0: to the City
2: Podcast.